This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get reward points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Rob Ryan Road. Croesaw here, Rob Ryan Red, the Wrexham podcast brought to you by Red 10 People Development. Wrexham return to winning ways thanks to blood, sweat, and toil. Arise, William, Sam Douglas, Harry Boyle. Wrexham then finally won away, Nath. It felt like, you know, all doom and gloom heading into Tuesday night's trip to Sutton. The first time Wrexham have ever won there in the league. The first team Wrexham have done the double over this season as well. And you only have to go back to that first meeting with Sutton to see how tough it is. I'm still surprised how poorly they're doing in the league this season because they are turning it on whenever they face Wrexham. How are you doing? Are you feeling more optimistic now that we've got three points on the board or you're still a little cautious given who's coming up on the horizon? I'm wary because we got labelled as negative Nancys on uh, on email uh, over the last week. So I, I should try and do my best to be positive. It was a big win. It was a much needed win. And I think for me, it wasn't about performance last night. The performance was, if I'm being kind, attritional. And if I'm being unkind, you know, ugly to watch. It was it was not good for, for large spells. And it was funny how everyone was outing themselves on Twitter for slagging off Elliot Lee. And, you know, we were all guilty of it. I don't care who was listening. No one was saying to their friends and their family that Elliot Lee was playing well until he scored and popped up with that late goal. Um, ourselves, I think we'll say Rich, included in that. Um, but it was important. It was a much needed win and one where I think Parky was right afterwards when he said it was never going to be like playing Pep Guardiola's Barcelona, it was always going to be a war of attrition, tough conditions. I mean, it was kind of so drizzly and so windy that the cameraman on the feed was having to wipe it um, in steady increments. So, yeah, job done and, and yeah, tougher test on the horizon. And, and I think, you know what, if we win ugly for the next few games, the confidence will come flooding back. That's the thing. After the, the run of form we had, it was always just going to be about the result on, on Tuesday night. Confidence breeds better football in the long term. You can't really have a style of play unless you're confident. And you know, right now it's just about trying to trying to get over the line and get those three points because the the table would have looked 
quite ugly, I think, if we hadn't have, have won at Sutton. And there would have been some serious questions asked, I think, about about our promotion credentials. I think, as we said last week, the Naif, we are almost victims of our own success this season because if you would have offered me fourth place at this stage of the season heading into the campaign, I would have snatched your hand off it. It's just that because we've been higher up, it almost feels like we've fallen down to fourth rather than we've risen to fourth this season. So, you know, with the external pressure we have as Wrexham, it's always going to feel a bit doom and gloom when we don't just go and win the league with a record point tally again because that's the pressure applied to us. That's the expectation on us. You know, I'm still concerned by the amount of the performance at Sutton, but ultimately... I'd rather we play ugly and win than play some beautiful stuff and, and not win. And I, as we said, I think, you know, before we came on air, we probably p- played better against Bradford, but we didn't win that game. So it counts for nothing right, right. now. And yeah, it's it's a difficult one to to analyse because there were some severe moments of concern. Sutton came so close to, to scoring on so many occasions. There was that clear handball by James McLean. You know, that is, it's just, it is a penalty. Like I'm not, you've got to take your road tip rose-tinted spectacles off. That That is a penalty. I'd be fuming if that went against us. But we ground it out. And in a way, that was the type of win we were getting last season as well, wasn't it? Just finding a way to get over the line, even when you don't deserve to. One of the biggest and most interesting things, I thought, was we called for change, didn't we? Last week, we were saying, it's time to mix it up. He did drop Paul Mullen, Parky. He did drop Paul Mullen to the bench. Ben Tozer was there, travelled, as did Aaron Hayden. Both got the night off, weren't even involved in the squad. Max straight back in. Will Boyle, I mean, how many weeks ago was it now where we were asking, has he played his final game in a Wrexham shirt? The answer, definitely not. (laughs) Um, And you would say that Will Boyle probably keeps his place for Saturday now. He played really, really well um, against Sutton and and really combated their their physical presence. I mean, the lad up front, is it Harry Smith, was an absolute man-mountain. And I don't remember Boyle making too many mistakes. There was one in the very first minute, not even a mistake, where... He chipped the ball through, it, Fletcher lets it bounce and Marriott nearly gets a shot off and we could have been up inside 30 seconds. Obviously, Boyle gets the first goal and Parky picked him out for praise at the end because, yeah, it's been really tough. He will have seen his family, will have seen all the criticism that came his way. He was in there. Owen O'Connell was in the centre of the back three. Who else came in? Luke Bolton came in. Jack Marriott came in. Palmer back into the squad. There was a lot of change. Luke Young back into the matchday squad. James Jones left out. A lot. You know, a lot was made of we need to make change. He made the changes. And while it wasn't perfect, I think there were players there last night that that did show something, that showed me something anyway. That's the thing, like, if you, it'd be so interesting to see like the uh, the Rex and power rankings on a game by game basis because it's all flipped on its head now. I mean, like, like you said, Luke Young, fair play to him. Will Boyle, you know, right at the top of there as well. These, these players who are, quite unpopular Wrexham players at times, certainly in Parkey's own, own view, are, are now the players that you'd say, well, they've got to start against, against Notts County. And I do think that there was a theme heading into the Sutton game that Parkey has as favourites and some players seem to get off with criticism a lot more than others. I mean, even look at Will Boyle's story this season, he's had some howlers, hasn't he? He's had that red card and he had the Stockport performance. Absolute... <laughs> abominations really weren't they but other players have been dreadful at times and yet they kept their place and other players have have had costly errors but they've kept their place as well so it's a really interesting dynamic now I think you've got to stick with some of them going forward 
what did you before we maybe get into the goal scorers then? What did you make of the new signings? Because first of all, I'd love to see Luke Bolton in a foot race with Adrian Chislovich. I mean, he gives me those sort of vibes. Is he a player who I want to be starting every game? Still not too sure. I'm not convinced by his end product yet, but I think he's got that explosive pace that that we just didn't have. Marriott's an interesting one because there was his involvement at the end of the first half where he sort of, I think it was Elliot Lee won a corner, but Marriott was like really hustling the defence, won the ball back, was really dogged determination. On another day, he even maybe scores from the halfway line as well, doesn't he, when the keeper's off his line. I'm quite encouraged by what I've seen from Marriott and Bolton as as something different to the squad. I'm just not even sure right now if I have them either of them starting, to be honest, mate. No, I, I see what you're saying. I think I agree. There was a point where Bolton just somehow went from naught to 100 in a split second and zipped past his man and the, the Sutton player brought him down, quick yellow card. And it was like on the, the film The Incredibles, you know, where Dash is just in the sports race and the sort of Mr. and Mr. Incredible are telling him not to cheat and zoom past everyone. That's sort of what I was thinking with Luke Bolton. He's kind of got that blonde hair as well. Um, but I don't think I don't think he put in a display that left Barney in the cold. If I was Barney watching that, I thought Luke Bolton played fine. I don't think he played so well that he made that, that position his own yet. I still think that's a firm battle. And I also don't think that's a bad thing. I don't think that's a bad thing. I think those two pushing each other for that starting right wing-back spot is... Is, is, is good, but I'll tell you what, somebody did disagree with me on that because we did get an email, robryanred at gmail.com from Rob Taylor. Uh, thanks, Rob, for getting in touch. He put, firstly, thanks for the podcast. Cheers very much, Rob. He put, the Sutton match was won. We were second best in, but it was won by our Lukes. Firstly, Luke Bolton and his pace was the only player we had that could quell the speed of Amari Patrick. I think I agree with that, Rich. I think there was a real foot race there. Amari Patrick, good player when he was with us. Um, only a short spell, admittedly on loan, but that was a foot race, and we didn't really have many that that could keep up with him. Luke Bolton at least could go stride for stride with him. Again, that's been maybe that maybe that's the advantage Luke has over Barnett in that we we've often said that look, Ryan Barnett is a winger. He he doesn't offer you any defensive cover, whereas Luke Bolton does offer that. And while we talk about Man City links, I mean, sort of when I was on Man, I went on Man City's preseason tour last summer. And Pep Guardiola was saying, look, the reason we kind of want to keep Kyle Walker is because he offers that threat against left-wing specialists. And you look at sort of Man City's triumph over Real Madrid in the Champions League, it's because he had Walker to do a job on Vinicius Jr. You need these players who can just deal with speed merchants. I mean, the only way to beat, to sort of handle pace quite often is by having it yourself. And Wrexham have so often been been exploited by that. So I think he's a great asset to have to the squad and I'm not disputing that whatsoever. I'm, I'm really happy with him and Marriott as additions. I'm just not sure if we have strengthened our, our starting lineup, really. We've strengthened our squad, maybe not our lineup. And, you know, I think lots of people would say that team that finished the game at certain is basically the team they want to see going forward, really, because, you know, you all for all the money spent... <laughs> and I never thought I'd be saying this, but for all the money he spent, Luke Young was the best midfielder on the day. <laughs> Maybe Cannon. Right. I did think Cannon was good as well. But Luke Young came, comes up makes a difference. And Ollie Palmer and We're Paul Mullen are the, the, are the guys. Appreciations, the Luke Young Appreciation Society is open for more members. Well, no, I'm not signing up. My, my, <laughs> my membership has lapsed, but like, it's just interesting that 
you know, these players just there's something about them. And I think if you look at those players, you look at Mullen, Young, and Palmer. What is it they have? It is tenacity and work rate. And that is ultimately what you need to get out of this league. You just need people who graft and put the hard yards in. And for all their shortcomings, which I think Young and Palmer certainly have, they just work. And when they leave the pitch, they are knackered and you can see they've put a shift in. Well, look, Rich, this is continuing Rob's email. He put that the introduction of Luke Young changed the heart of our team and gave us the fight we needed, which kind of echoes what you just said there. Some say Young will be gone in the summer, but shouldn't he now be starting as the captain to give us back what we've been lacking, a beating heart in the middle of the pitch? Um, I, I'm not so sure that he will get these starts that I would love him, him to have and, and, and others. We'll see how the George Evans injury looks. I don't think that was as serious as maybe it seemed in at the beginning when he was feeling his glute. Um, on Palmer as well, you're talking about how he always runs and runs himself into the ground. Parky said, didn't he, when he came on at the end that Mullen and Palmer were basically blowing out the backsides because they were so tired after, albeit a cameo, but they were just absolutely worn out. You know, they had nothing left to give from running so much when they came on. And Ollie Palmer's dad even commented that the game changed when numbers nine and numbers 10 came on the pitch. And not so subtle hint to Parky that, you know, wake up and see what you've got in front of you. And I would hope that at the weekend we see a front two, a tried and trusted Ollie Palmer, and Paul Mullin. I think that is what you want to go with against Notts County. And yeah, that you know, that they they made an impact. A lot's been said about Ollie Palmer. He came on. I thought he he took his chance. I thought he he worked really, really hard and deserves a start, I think, now. I also think that that's been the the case all season. Like we were saying the first months of the season when Mullen wasn't there, that you know, Palmer was the unpopular sort of workhorse in attack. He was just doing all the dirty work, dragging us through games, giving it his all, like I don't think that's ever been a question of of Ollie Palmer. I know he's got a lot of critics and people. Some people maybe he's a bit marmite with with Wrexham fans. Some people do like him. Some people just. I mean, I've not been his biggest fan, have I? I've, no. I've not been his biggest fan. I have got to be honest about that. And I, you know, and I and I think in the summer, you know, he would still be fourth, or you know, he wouldn't be one of my top strikers to start in League One. But he is effective at this level that we're at right now, and has a role to play. And what I would say on. Marriott and Fletcher. What I would say about Marriott and Fletcher's partnership to give them some benefit of the doubt is that I think whoever would have started in that first half with the way the game was going, I think was a, a sort of on a hide into nothing. Just the way we were playing, it was a thankless task really up top. And as the game opened up, that's when you w- would have wanted to have come on. That's when you would have wanted to have maybe been Luke Bolton coming on at the end or Mullin or Palmer or because the game did open up and you saw with Elliot Lee's goal that you know, the space opened up in the box and Sutton just faded that ever that, that little bit, that ever so slightly faded. And um, and so, yeah, I think the starters were kind of having to do a lot of the donkey work for the subs to really make the difference. Yeah, uh, it was just that sort of... Again, it just stems back to what the game was. It was just a win-at-all-cost sort of game where start, it's, you know the style just doesn't matter. You just can't get the three points. Again, I do think there's concerns with the fact that Sutton looked so good against us. We made them look really... I mean, they played well. I thought Duke McKenna had a real good impact when he came on as well. I thought he was causing all sorts of problems. And again, there's always that cliche as well. I mean, they are a team scrapping for their lives. They're scrapping for survival now. And Sutton are one of those teams who... And I know this will sound very disrespectful, and it probably is. <laughs> but like, in fact, in maybe like 10 years' time, they'll be one of those teams that's like, God, do you remember when Sutton were in the Football League? Like, How did they ever get to the Football League? Fair play to them. They've caused 
you know, they've probably stayed longer than lots of people expected anyway, but they are a team with limited resources who are properly battling to stay in the division. And, you know, if they get relegated, they might never come back up or they certainly might not come back up straight away anyway. So you've got to, you know, look at the the mitigation of the opponents were certainly battling for their lives, but, you know, we should be beating them with all due respect, given the squad we've got. I, I do think that this is just the springboard now. We've said in the past that, you know, defeats can often be what launches onto special runs. Obviously, that's not happened because we just kept losing, losing, losing. It was just all about stopping the rot. I don't care how it, how the three points come as long, as long as they do. But yeah, it's just really interesting going forward for me. Yeah, I just don't know what happens yet next because, like, like we said, if you if you if our WhatsApp messages were leaked, uh, like the COVID inquiry sort of last night, I might have to sort of <laughs> delete them anyway. Um, my Elliot Lee, you know, I was savaging him because I was just right. fuming with his performance. He was just ineffectual, making poor decisions, and then he does what he does because he's he's a player who can just pop up and get goals. He's done it so often this season. But Rich, I'm, I'm just so torn right now, mate, on on what team I want to see. But Rich, the the goal is great and it is a match winning goal, but it doesn't eradicate what happened prior. He he can have he can have had a bad game and scored the match winning goal. Both can be true. You know, they don't need they they, they don't need to be uh either or it doesn't need to be a binary decision of, of which one you go with. But yeah, uh, I would get deleting your WhatsApp messages while I talk about um some of the of uh, the, the the Sutton game, it, it was one of them where I, I I thought about it prior to the game, just as as I was kind of waiting for the game to start. I was thinking about how just various teams that I've been watching and, and writing about over recent weeks, and how you do learn a lot more about a team, about the individuals, about really how deep can a team dig when when you lose. You know, I, I think when you're winning, you get very comfortable winning. You get very, I don't want to say complacent, but you can get complacent because you win so often. And even if you just drop that 5%, your teams will punish you, which we didn't have in the National League. And so I think there was probably some hard truths after after the defeat to maybe not so much the Bradford one, because on another day we win that. And I thought we did show an improvement. But I think after that Salford game, the players will have had a few home truths there. Parky shook it up. You know, and we did what he asked, Rich. We asked him to shake it up, kind of light the fire under certain people. I think it was unfortunate for Aaron Hayden. I thought he played quite well against Bradford um, for the most part. Ben Tozer didn't do a lot wrong. I didn't feel against against Bradford. James Jones didn't even make the squad. I was expecting him to to start. I was calling for him to start against Sutton. So there's a lot of players there that know now that their place isn't safe. And I even think Mullin dropping to the bench. I know that was more of a freshness thing. But he's been a designated starter whenever he's been fit for about two and a half years. Yeah, I think and it now was quite with symbolic. Marek, you know what I mean? It was. Sorry, just last year. I mean, yeah, it was. It was a. That was a moment in the season that I think, or you, I hope, is a is a springboard, is a turning point to say, look, no one's got a secure place. Elliot Lee, Paul Moore, none of these people are nailed on starters. And if you want it, you have to play. You have to earn it. Yeah, I think that's the maybe the like I said, I think that was a complaint that's been held at Wrexham this season. Really, is that you know there has been I'm not going to say complacency on players' parts. Cause I don't think it's that, but you just need competition for your place to bring out that extra fight in you, really. And you know, even Mullen, like that's maybe what he needs to actually, when he is fit, be dropped. Just be like, no, you are the poster boy of Wrexham. You are the guy. You've got about eight chance of your name. 
you know, but you you you're not guaranteed a place because we've got this other guy here, and that's just what we need. We we've spoken in all areas of the club are just raising the standards, and it has to be that these players who are our key players now need to fear for their place really, because that's the only way that you stay on top of your game and that you you keep at it and stay at the very top. So yeah, you know, let's just hope this is this is the springboard going forward. We shall see. It's just a very interesting dynamic heading into the end of the season because, Nate, if you look at the, uh, the the League Two table now, it makes for very interesting reading, doesn't it? Particularly with the, the teams we've got coming up. Wrexham are fourth in the table on 55 points, but we have two games in hand on Crew, who are one place above us and two points above us. So, in essence, it means if Wrexham win one of their games in hand, they do move back into the automatic promotion places. Those games in hand are MK Dons and Forest Green. So MK Dons are sixth, Forest Green are 23rd. They got, was it an important win, wasn't it? They beat Barrow away from home 2-1, yeah. on Tuesday night, which is, you know, that is a very big win, means that they are... Fair play. I think it was, I think it was 69, I think, I think it might have been 69 away fans, I think I saw, that travelled up Forest Green, so... I don't know if you can get all of them on one bus, but fair play to them. I'm not, not trying to knock it. That's a, a hell of a return going all that way. Yeah. I'm, yeah, I was, uh, sorry. I was, uh, I'm just too juvenile. No, I was, I'm just too juvenile, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> no, um, no, I was going to say, in, in all fairness, though, you know, we, it's, we, there's a lot, I see a lot of sniping on Twitter about who, how many go, and fair play, nearly a thousand Wrexham went to Sutton on Tuesday night. But if you're one of those, you know, rock bottom of the table, you're one of those diehard Forest Green fans that went all the way to Barrow of all places. That is just not fun any time of the year to go. Fair play. That's a, that's a big win for Steve Cottrell, and unfortunately for us, it would have been a much different uh, proposition against Troy Deeney when he was savaging them all um, than it is the experience of Steve Cottrell. So we'll see how we go. Yeah, I mean it's it's an interesting one. I still think that we are. I still think we will get automatic promotion i just do because i think we've got the squad depth and like i said i think we've got so many games big games at at home coming up interesting as well then if i know we'll get onto Notts county preview sort of shortly but mk dons will be interesting as one one as well we'll probably touch upon that by by the end of the podcast i mean if you look at the form in the national in sorry in league two over the last what do you want do you want the form after that over the last 10 or 15 matches what are you looking for I'll take 10. So in over the last 10 matches, where do you think we are in the form table out of 24 Ooh. teams? I, mm, mm, I don't know, like 15th, 16th? I mean, I, we've lost a lot of games, no? Fifth. Fifth? Yeah. How? Two, two, points off, last... two points off the best form in the table over the last 10 games. We've only taken 18... And how many have we lost in that? Well, we've only taken 18 points from a possible 30. But, we're, wow. but the best is crew who have taken twenty, and so have Harrogate. Sorry, I mean we've taken as many get we've taken as many points over the last ten games as MK Dons, Newport, Stockport, and Mansfield. So, so even, wait, Harrogate are top? Yes, on form. And they've just been and they've just been slapped nine two by Mansfield. Yeah. So you never know. It's uh, it's a strange old league, mate. And that's what I mean. It, what I'm tr- tr- the, the context I'm trying to put in there really is that you know we we we're very isolated and we we obviously are going to have Wrexham's interests at heart we're so focused on the club but if you look around the league other teams have either had their blips or been quietly sort of as poor it's just Wrexham is headline news when Wrexham lose a game it is all over the internet it's always Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhenney you know in a headline just shoehorned in because that's modern journalism it's brilliant isn't it and you know you just look at other teams who 
should be doing better themselves, but they're not. It's always wrecks and wrecks and wrecks, and we are the story. Everyone wants us to fail, and I almost feel that sometimes it's inevitable because it's the climate we live in. But if you're on social media all the time, you start to almost get sucked into that narrative yourself. You know, we have been poor, but we haven't been as poor as everyone's making us out. Like I said, you know, obviously if we took the form to the last five games, we've got, what, I think the the 14th best form in, in League Two, but you've got to look at the bigger picture. And, you know, we've got to hope now that the rot has finished, but there is obviously work to do we've seen in the past seasons come undone over a sticky spell. I think back to that Gary Mill season when Christmas killed us, but I'm confident, mate. I'm still very confident that we get over the line this season. So to all you who emailed in last week saying we're the most negative podcast in the world, have that, have that. Rich, Notts County this weekend, evoking memories, hand of foz, you know, what an occasion that is. And that will be fondly remembered for years and years and years and years to come. Um, they're back. They're going to be back at the race course this weekend. I'm sure a full away end again. Slightly different stakes this time round. No Luke Williams in the dugout for Notts County. So a lot has changed. It'll still be Langstaff. It'll still be the likes of Jody Jones. It'll still be the likes of John Bostock. How are you feeling going into that then? Wrexham with the best home form of any team in League Two. I don't know. I feel I, I, I don't know if Notts County have that fear factor that maybe I had for them in the last visit. I don't think they are. Well, again, there's a difference between fearing someone and respecting someone, isn't there? You know, you've got to, you've got to say, look, they've got some very talented players. They've arguably got. Some people would say the best striker in League Two, and then Macaulay Langstaff is factually that right now. Depends what you want from your striker, I suppose. Goals does help. Um, midfielder, <laughs> Jody Jones. Lots of people would argue he's the best midfielder in League Two as well. He's obviously got that assist record. I think it's, what, 20 assists in the league this 20 season? 20 assists maybe, already, yeah. Maybe in all competitions. So they've got De Bruyne and a Haaland, haven't they? Um, so they have got that individual talent that can harm Wrexham, and you know, they're certainly a better team than Newport, Salford, and... Uh, and Bradford City have all beaten us. So, you know, they are going to pose a threat. Yeah, I don't think they've got the same fear factor they had, but I think just because I can't ever remember us having it easy against Notts County, even if you look back to that win earlier in the season, on another day, we don't win that game. You know, we get a very fortuitous opening goal. The second goal's a real... It's just a proper League Two goal. Arthur makes some massive saves that day as well. So, you know... They still pose a threat, and I can't, I, you know, I, I think we should be a lot more confident facing this town than we did last time we had them at home. But it's just that sort of legacy of facing them has been so, we've had it so tough against them, and they've they've come and done a job on us so many times that I can't get too carried away. I'm not getting too cocky. I think it's a real, no, no, real I'm, test. I'm intrigued to see what they look like not in the Luke Williams system. I don't know if it's exactly the same now under, under Stuart Maynard. It might be... You know, Luke Williams 2.0, I, I don't know if that's the case. I, I'm excited to see them. I think I'm in the, the temporary stand to watch it. So behind the goal, it's, for, for me, it's really going to come down to that left-hand side for us, that right-hand side for Notts County. That's where Jody Jones will be. That's where I would imagine um, James McLean would be. I would say Mendy's had great success against, um, against Notts County previously. I think a little bit more defensively minded, a little bit quicker 
than James McLean. It'll be James McLean that plays, obviously, uh, as as it normally is. But that's the key battle. And also, what three, what back three do we put out? Because I think we've had a lot of chop and change in the back three, and Langstaff is going to want to exploit the weakest link in that back three, whoever it is. So, you know, Boyle suited the Notts County. Uh, Boyle suited the Sutton game because it was physical. It was a lot of headers, a lot of balls over the top. And up against Smith this as might well. be a ball. Yeah, Smith. This might be this might be a ball on the deck can again. This might be if he's fit. Maybe you put George Evans into the back three, or maybe you go O'Connell. Maybe you go. Um, maybe you do go sort of Max. Max. To- yeah. You know? I mean, even someone like Toza. You know. It's the type of game where, look, you know, he you might need ball to... players. Yeah, and you might need ball players. You know, I think that's also an important point you make there that they could get to a stage of season where we kind of have like we, we talk about a variety from Rex and we don't don't make changes. Not that we've got two different formations, but we've almost got two different elevens depending on the opposition we play. Because I think that is maybe a key problem Wrexham have had that almost irrespective of our, of our opposition, it's felt like we've played the same sort of team regardless. But it might be, hey, look, you're playing against a ball-playing team. Here's your, here's the team we play. Look, we've got to go to a you know, a horrible team like Sutton away. You play in your no-nonsense players. You play someone like Boyle. You put Luke Young in there. You put in players who aren't in there to keep the ball and make it look pretty. They're there to do a job. So I think maybe that's what we've got to learn going forward. And yeah, maybe two different setups depending on home and away with with different personnel favoured. I don't think it would be a disaster or or wrong if we did drop some of those stars from Sutton this weekend. Like you said, you've got to play the opposition. And again, before we get into the preview now, you've got to remember that a key reason we beat Knotts last season was because we did play into their high line. That was just you know, it, it, you know, you might say it was reckless on their part, but that's just what they do and. They, they stuck to their style of play. I know that was something that Luke Williams was actually criticised for, for being so regimented with with what he wanted from his team. They didn't sort of adapt to the personnel. So, yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see how how we play against a team that know us so well and that we know so well, even if we've had the managerial change. But ahead of the game, we did get the Notts County perspective. We wanted to bring in a new voice that we've not had on the podcast before. We got Casey Rennicks in. He is a host of the Knots to Talk About podcast for Knots County, also writes about them as well for Vavil. And here is what he had to say about this weekend's clash. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with muck delivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. So Casey, Knotts versus Wrexham again this weekend. It is the fixture you can't really ignore in League Two. What is the the Knotts County mood like? Because obviously since we last played you, you've got a new manager. Yeah, look, obviously before, obviously I went at Newport. It, the mood was a bit flat. You know, we were struggling for form. That's no secret. Almost struggling to get a win at times. You know, we only just recorded our first win of the new year. 
uh, last night. But now that we have, I feel like there's been a there's been a massive lift. I know there was a few eyebrows raised over the appointment of Maynard. That that was obviously going to be the case. You know, you, you can't have such a successful manager in Luke Williams and then not be a bit wary of who your replacement is. But he he was he was brave last night. Made a few big calls, changed his shape, and we looked absolutely brilliant. You know, probably. Probably what our best display, way like maybe towards the end of the Williams era, you know, it was it was that sort of performance. So we're definitely coming into the game on Saturday a lot better off, that's for sure. You mentioned the change in shape there. Then will knots look noticeably different from the side we've played in recent years? Because I felt like particularly last season when we beat you at home, your high line really played into our style of play. I thought we had to be brave to exploit it, but have knots changed? Will, will we? recognise a different sort of team than the one we used to watch? Well, I, I'm, not, I'm not too sure about that. Obviously, you know, last night was the first time that we've changed the shape in a long, long time. You know, back, back five with, you know, the two the two midfielders and then the two advanced was always the way we played. But I think what last night showed for us is that we can, we, we do have different plans. You know, obviously, the, I said it, I've said it previously and I'll say it again. The one criticism I did have of Luke Williams was that he never changed. It, right or wrong, win or win, draw or loss, you know, we, we always stuck to the back five. The only reason I can't give you a solid answer if you see much difference is because I, I, I'm not too sure. You know, last night was the first time in a long time we've we've came away from the back five. One thing I will say is, though, you know, it makes us a, a little bit less predictable. You know, it, it in the time that Wrexham have now, you know, to, to prepare for us, what do you prepare for, back four or back five, you know, I think we, it will surprise us just as much it will surprise you on Saturday what we go for, but yeah, look, we might look a bit different, I think obviously naturally you're going to look different, you know, in terms from from, from the game we had there last season to now, there's a, there's a lot of new players for both sides, you know, it's going to be a different dynamic, but what what definitely won't change is the atmosphere, you know, like we we both know what we're gonna we're gonna be in for on Saturday without without even you know having to think too much. You know the atmosphere is gonna be loud. You know there's there's not much love lost between the two. There's respect, but you know we're both we're two competitive teams in this division. You know we both got, we both got the same goals, back to back promotion. So it's a game both teams want to win at the end of the day. Yeah, you you hit the nail on the head there that. There isn't this rivalry that's been created by the media. It's just two teams who are striving to be the best and pushing each other on. Uh, I guess, what have you made of the season so far? Because we were speaking before we came on that both of us would have been quite happy just to be in the mix for the season. But there's this external pressure for us both to to sort of be going neck and neck again. And do you think Notts County fans are kind of still happy with the way the season's gone, considering, you know, how big an ask it actually is to go and get back-to-back promotions? It's far easier said than done, isn't it? Yeah, 100%. And look, a lot of our, 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 the majority of the fans will be happy. I think there's there's a lot in the boat of, oh, we need to finish in the playoffs, you know. And I, I would agree with that boat. End of the day, I w- I'd be happy with a mid-table finish because, you know, it's your first season back in the AFL. You want you sort of want that stability. But the only reason I would be the only reason I would accept that is obviously because it's our first season back. Difference is we've been playoffs now for, for months on end. You know, we've only just recently dropped out and we found our way back in. That, I think that's a clear indication of the fact that we are we're more than good enough to be in that playoff place. And I think we will get there. But as for the season so far for us, it's it, you know, it's kind of been up and down, you know. Last season, we were just on... The only down we had last season, really, was obviously when we, we got beat at the race course, you know. That, that's the truth of it. This season, we've had to deal with all sorts, you know, managerial changes, you know, poor run of form, like just like like, like we touched on there, you know. Last night was our first win of the, of the new year. 
you know, our, our, our form has been something we haven't been familiar with in the past two years, but we we it looks like we we might have closed the book on that. So I think our our fan base will genuinely be happy. You know, obviously, you know it as much as I know it. The media was always going to make a big fuss about us two this season because of last season. You know, you don't dominate a league like that if you if you're two bad teams. I think this season both teams have shown that they're one of the best in this division and I don't see a world where it's unrealistic to say both teams can go up but I think obviously at the minute you guys probably have a better chance than us just because of you know the league table never lies you are where you deserve to be but who knows mate you know you just never know with football that's the kind of game it is you know one of us might go and win 10 games in a row the other team might lose 10 games in a row that's just the crazy world of the football game I guess. You look at that Notts County team and obviously our, our account follows a lot of Notts County fans because of what's happened over the last season. And Every week I'm seeing Jody Jones is the best player in League 2. Obviously McCauley's kept up this incredible scoring run. Who are, you know, is there any sort of unsung hero you think just doesn't get the credit at, at Notts? Because we could talk about Jody Jones and, and McCauley Langstaff all day, couldn't we? But do you think there is anyone in that team who is sort of an unsung hero who just doesn't get the credit? That's a good question because I I feel like obviously when you have players like Jody and Maka, you know, rightfully so they're getting a lot of attention. You know, you don't you don't get twenty two goals at this stage of the season, twenty twenty assists for both you know both of the players really in that in that bracket it being bad footballers. There's definitely a few unsung heroes. Obviously, look, we 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 haven't had the best of, of luck with injuries. We've lost three key players now. Uh, uh, to to pretty much the full duration of the season, but in terms of unsung heroes, I think uh, for me, you know, I d- defensively look we haven't been fantastic. I know that there's no secret about that. We've we've conceded I think what 58 goals so far this season. Yeah, it's poor. There's no doubt about it. But I I I will always have the utmost respect for the for the same defenders that we fielded these weeks in and out. You know, with all the pressure and the stick that sometimes they've received. They've always, they've never shied away from the battle. That's that's the part of the process. You know, we play in a way, we play in a way which, you know, requires to, uh, defenders to be brave with the ball at the feet. And yes, we've we've made mistakes playing that way. But I think any team in this division would. I, you know, the, people need to remember these defenders. Look, at, at no point in their career beforehand. They were asked to play this sort of way, and you know, everyone says, "Oh, okay, look, maybe we should bring in better defenders." But you know what? What what ball playing defender who's is going to drop to League Two? You know, these players are already playing Championship and League One, so I wouldn't necessarily say they were unsung heroes, but I do think they deserve a lot of praise. I think someone who has been an unsung hero up until now and since he's been at the club was Scott Robertson. Last night he was absolutely fantastic. One of the best displays I've seen from any centre midfielder at the club this season um, by, by by a mile. You know, there was a lot of Fleetwood fans that said, you know, he's not the kind of player you're going to expect him to be, but if he's going to play like he did last night every single week for the rest of the season, I'll be, I'll be the first one to be laughing at a few comments come the end of the season because he was fantastic, mate. You know, four games now, not necessarily unsung hero, just made a very good start, but, you know, yeah, unsung hero, I think we've got a few. But it's hard to, you know, you you want to, you want to, if you're going to put one in, you got to put them all in. So I I just I just won't put any of them in yeah, to save time. Uh, we looking at the away form this season. I mean, Wrexham fans will say we never win away from home. I think Notts County actually have a the fourteenth worst sort of away record in in the in League Two. Sorry, sixteen points on the road. Wrexham are now taking twenty. 
yeah, I guess that's been difficult, hasn't it, for both teams this season? Is that fact that look, we don't win every week anymore, and I guess there has been that that adjustment to it. So yeah, what I guess that is the question I want to ask you really. What is the actual mood amongst Notts County fans? Are most of them quite happy right now? I mean, the managerial change must have affected you, but has it? Are you all behind the new manager, or there's still some fans who are quite sceptical of him? I think if you asked me, if we recorded this yesterday afternoon before we played Newport, I'd have said a lot. I'm probably still in a weird mindset, but after last night's performance, I think he's won a lot of people over. It's like what I said previously. Look, the one thing with Luke Williams, very successful, deserved his move. You can't ever knock him for that, I guess. But the one criticism I had of him was he, you know, plan. He was just plan A, very plan A, and you know, when when teams worked out how to play against that, naturally we did we did you know look at dropping a few points there and there, you know. The one one that really sticks out for me was Dagnum at home last season. Obviously the one way we got beat off the back of the twenty five game on beat and run. There was that that was a very stubborn performance. You know, we kept knocking on the door but playing the same way and then eventually we got punished for it. So look, I think Maynard's came in. He's obviously, you know, the first three games, Barrow at home, Mansfield away, Ginningham at home, you know, that's that's a difficult run to come into. Especially when you you know, although it's been three weeks, you know, you're preparing for different oppositions, you you you've got to try and do that as well as put your own ideas across. And I think last night we showed we he showed the perfect balance of being able to prepare for the opposition but also putting your stamp on the game, you know, being two 0 up after half an hour, I think it was or something like that. Definitely showed it worked and it was a it was a result that we deserved. A a, a result that was deserved and long long awaited for uh, amongst the fan base. And I think you know, there'll be a lot more happy faces than sad ones going into the game on Saturday. And, you know, who knows what's gonna happen on Saturday. Like we've said, big occasion, big game. A lot of history on it, even though it's recent history, it's still a lot of history. And, you know, I think it could go either way, honestly, I do. Yeah, I was going to ask you that as the final question, what your prediction was. I mean, you've kind of answered it there. I think we're, we're all expecting it to be probably similar to the game last season where, you know, it could be two all heading into the last 10 minutes and, and either side could, could nick it. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be a great occasion, isn't it? And I suppose for both teams as well, if you win on Saturday, then that really is your season back on track, isn't it? And I guess for Knots, that's exactly how they see it now after after that win at Newport. Yeah, 100% agree. And look, I think that's the same. It, I mean, you, you, you guys have been on a little bit better form than us, but still, it's not the form you've been used to. And I feel like this game comes at a good time for both teams now because they both won in the midweek and it's an opportunity for someone to take six points out of a week and then it, that naturally would set up a lot of confidence in the, in the camp and it, not, that then obviously leads on to good runs, you know, that's football, you know, you, you get confidence from winning games, especially when you've been on bad form. To win two in a week, it definitely puts you on, on your way. I, look, I, we recorded our... our our pod beforehand, and I said I said two one either way. I'm going to stick with it. I just I just think it's going to be one of them games that you know is going to be one one for a while, and then someone nicks it late. I don't want to. I, I can see it going both ways. That's the thing. It's it won't be as 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 much of a dramatic you know finale if you like as last season. I don't think because that last season you couldn't ever predict two teams to be on 100 points at that point in the season in a game of that magnitude. But I do think you will get two two teams. On the pitch, that obviously obviously know each other very well. I mean, the media media will be there will be a lot of media coverage, although it hasn't really started yet. When a few of them wake up and realise what game it is at the weekend, they'll be quick to uh, pounce on it, no doubt. But look, even if we don't win the game, I don't think it's going to be a season defining result. I think that's the same for you. 
I still think both teams have a, have a playoff campaign ahead of them. But look, you, you asked me for prediction. I said 2-1 either way. Hopefully it goes our way. If not, like I said, it won't be season-defining. So I'm just very look, much looking forward to it, especially after last night. I think there's a lot to look forward to. And it's going to be another good game for sure. So, Nate, he's saying 2-1 either way. I think both teams to score would be probably quite likely, wouldn't it? How, how are you feeling? Do you, do you think because it's Wrexham at home, we, we get the job done? Well, talking of uh, you know betting and predictions, a shout-out to Rich Watkin of the Fat Boar, uh, My Squin fame, for a £25 bet on Will Boyle anytime scorer at odds of 10-1 to 1 at Sutton. A maverick bet that Earned him a nice little uh, sum. Anyway, um, you know, I couldn't stop laughing when I saw that bet. And I also saw somebody that had Will Boyle first goal scorer at 25 to 1. So um, to all you reckless gamblers out there, uh, that did make me laugh. But well done on that. Um, how do I feel? I think both teams' score is probably about right. I don't think we're totally solid. I know the Sutton goal was fluke. He got a deflection and you know, not much Arthur could do about that. I still think Arthur is, is, is a young goalkeeper finding his feet. I thought he had moments against... Sutton where he looked really good and moments where he looked a little bit shakier um, and Langstaff's in such good form you know if he's kind of coming off the left now and drifting inside that could cause havoc if it's Bolton or so just a different proposition to what Amari Patrick was offering again is he going to go Barney is he going to go Mendy on that right side and think you know try and go Mendy and McLean I, I don't know what he's going to do actually and I, I think there's Yes, we play our own game, but you're going to need to cater a little bit to to the opposition. I just hope we, I just I, I just hope we freshen it up again to the point where it's Mullen and Palmer up top. That's really what I want to see. Those are the two, and I think if those those two can get us up the pitch, Mullen can run in behind Palmer, can do a lot of the dirty work, and kind of winning the headers, flick ons. You know, it was noticeable that Dolby wasn't in the squad at all. He was there again. I should say that Hayden Tozer. Um, Dolby, etc. They were there, travelled in the stand watching. Um, yeah, so do I think it'd be 2-1? Not sure. I, I'm backing us to win. I think of all the games I put out that thing, how many points are we going to get in this five-game slate? Notts County, weirdly, was the one that I feel like suits us the best. It was always Sutton, Forest Green, Gillingham and MK Dons that I felt were bigger banana skins, not just because they're on the road, but, you know... They're different types of games. I think the one at home, this this just really suits us. And I think we'll... I'll go 3-1. Why not? 3-1 then. You heard it here first. Um, Nave, speaking like you said there, Notts County, hand of Foz. It's so difficult to think about that game without having you know, that match sort of spring to mind, first of all. And of course, how it was portrayed in Welcome to Wrexham Series 2. And the exciting news is we are, what, weeks away really now from Series 3 of Welcome to Wrexham. That will be back on April the 18th, so before the season is even over, while Wrexham are still embroiled in this promotion fight, we'll be able to start watching what's happened this season already. It's going to be really weird, that, isn't it? Because we sort of got into this routine of watching it so so long after it all happened. Yeah, I'm trying to think of some of the really interesting bits that I'd love to see from the early part of the season. Pre-season, I suppose. Um, Mullins injury? Pre- I, I don't know how much of the... Yeah, I wonder how much of that they include, the US tour and kind of anything from that. You'd imagine that they at least lean on it. But, you know, just seeing that opening day back and kind of what it was like 
maybe beforehand in the dressing room and, and then what it was like after yeah. you know, we got you torn can, apart by MK Dons. I would put so, I'd put so much money on, it'll either be episode one or episode two being like back down to, it'll be like, um, it'd be something to do with like a, a rough welcome back, won't it? Where it'll be all this hype about Wrexham winning and then look, what, we're 5-2 down, 5-1 down against MK Dons? And it's like, oh, wow. I, I do wonder as well if there's going to be that 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 more... Um, negative maybe that maybe there's you know in the in the first season we had the sack the gaffer episode and i wonder if we'll get something like that because the pressure has been on parky for weeks now and i do wonder whether there'll be just that focus in the documentary to kind of show people that haven't been following the results just how testing a period it's been on the players this last i don't know four or five weeks yeah it's gonna be really interesting from a sort of stylistic uh well sort of a narrative really because the the thing when you make a documentary at the end of a season is you will you can reflect and have revisionism and there can be a storyline that comes good like and then you can focus on that from the start again you can put extra emphasis on it like you know if they if they've already probably by this stage edited like the first half of the series you're not going to have like a will boyle redemption arc in there are you because no one's been expecting it to happen but if you do it sort of in post-production at the end of the season, you could be like, wow, do you remember he was out of the team for six months and then he came back and had a real big part to say. So it's got to be interesting to see how it comes across because the story is still being written right now. So you can't even reflect on it and you can't even sort of tease ahead to what happens going on because we don't know well, what's going to happen by the end of Rich, it. So. I, Rich, I sort of feel like the story might need to go into the final day as well. Just the way things are going, Mansfield are on an absolute tear. Stockport, they lost on Tuesday night against Crew, and they're not flawless it could come down to those final two games it could come down to crew away stockport at home and that could determine if Wrexham are in the third division or the fourth yeah next season. like you said it is interesting there if you look at what Wrexham's last I think it's last seven games in the league which I know is very weird to look at but basically we've got Mansfield at home on good Friday let's hope it is a good Friday um the day after Easter Monday second of eight April is Doncaster I'm away. An, I'm still annoyed about that. I'm yeah. still annoyed that I got I'm moved go, by police. I'm still trying to get to it, but it's not looking as fun, is it? Colchester away, who are you know in a relegation battle. Crawley at home, which you no know, winnable. You've got Forest Green at home, which you'd say go on easy three points, but you know they literally might need to win that day to stay up. And we've already seen them go and beat Barrow away from home. And then you've got like I said, last two Crew away and Stockport at home. If you've got to win, you know all three of those to to have any chance of automatic promotion. My word, that's going to be it's going to be make me feel sick. And there's also the very realistic prospect that there's going to be a guard of honour on the last day of the season, either way for for one of those teams, perhaps. So, yeah, there's a lot to play for. A hell of a lot of football left. Going to be really interesting to see how it, like we said, transpires. You'll be able to follow all Rob Ryan Red, and then welcome to Wrexham in two months' time as well. Rich, then, Tuesday, you and I will both be on the road, um, back on the road again, MK Dons away. It was going to be the FA Cup third round weekend. We ended up at Shrewsbury we got that smash and grab there, riling up one of our oldest rivals, Milton Keynes. Now, we did try and get a fan on, but technical difficulties meant we couldn't end up getting that one over the we're line. Not, we're not going to diss the fan on the podcast, are we? But there were... No, no, just... We, we it, tried a lot uh, of platforms and there was a lot of... It was almost like trying to get my mum on the podcast. That's it. That's it. That's, that's how difficult it was. 
it it, it uh, yeah, technology was not this person's friend, seemingly. But hey, it happens. Um, it happens. What I would We're say, fine. We're what, fine. <laughs> what they uh, what they did tell me about uh, MK Dons is that they are a very different proposition to what they were on the opening day. Um, no Graham Alexander, obviously he's at Bradford now. Mo Isa, Jonathan Lecco is out injured. They tried to loan him out to Burton, and then I think that got immediately cancelled. Mo Isa out the door. Mike Williamson in as manager now, former Newcastle defender. It's very, very different. They've got a very kind of tippy tappy style. He doesn't like too many long well, balls Williamson played. Was, he likes was Gateshead, wasn't he? And was he was he right. in charge when Gateshead scored that? Like I'm gonna say because I don't know. I'm just gonna be ridiculous. It was like six thousand pass goal or something they scored at the start of the season or something. Probably, probably, mate, probably. Um, but anyway, so you know he's he's implementing this style, and they've really done well. And and, and what I would say is they're very fit. And they've scored a lot of late goals. And if you look at their home record, they have the third best home record in the division. Obviously, Wrexham are first, but MK Dons are third in the home stands. And they've only lost once at home since the end of September. It's now middle of February. So it shows you how strong they've been at Stadium MK, which will you know, largely be empty. It's far too big a stadium for the needs of that football club. But they're a good team. And they're in the playoff picture and look they are not I mean Rich you've probably got the table pulled up they're not that far behind Wrexham you know they are in a position where I said at the start of the season in our predictions I think Milton Keane I think MK Dons will get top three now I hope that's not right or I hope that we get in there as well and, and Mansfield maybe drop out but they're looking a tough out if it's in the playoffs yeah, certainly. I mean, MK Dons at this moment of time are sixth in the table. They've played a game more than Wrexham, but are four points behind us. They've got Swindon away this weekend. It does mean that by the time we record our next podcast, Wrexham could be behind MK Dons. We could be well above MK Dons. You know, it's it's really imperative the this double header. We're playing sixth. At, sorry, we're playing seventh at home and then sixth away as things stand in the Wait, next we, two games. We we can't be behind them can we by the time we play them yeah they're only four points behind us if we lose to Notts County this weekend and then and then, oh no sorry and then yeah. they beat us sorry yeah I, I meant after we played them that's what <laughs> okay, I mean we can okay. be the time by the time we next right. call the podcast we could be oh so got you we I mean we could be sort of we could be somewhere between sixth or first technically depending on lots wow. of variables that, that, that's it's how a tough wide game. Ranging it, it, it is in my mind, that's the toughest game of the slate in in the month. I think that is, you know, Max Dean, a youngster who plays up front for them. I, I like a lot. You know, I think he's ex-Leeds. He's really, really talented. And I like the look of Dan Kemp, obviously being recalled. He's the second top assist. You know, we're coming up against Jody Jones at the weekend, who's got 20 assists in his top. And second in the assist chart is Dan Kemp, who's at MK Dons again now. I mean, it is worth noting though, MK Dons did lose 4-0 to Bradford on Tuesday night. So perhaps yeah. they aren't this team that we're making them out to be. They've certainly, again, got individual talent. They look a much better footballing team under Mike Williamson. But, you know, again, I don't want to come across as really arrogant here, but you look at their squad compared to ours, we've still got a better squad. And Right, but you do, you not, Rich, to... do, you not just feel, do you not just feel that people bring their A game? Like how many times are we watching teams, especially when we're on the road, how many times are teams dropping stinkers against Wrexham? I just I don't see it. They always seem to up turn game, up. Yeah. It's just yeah, it's one of those games where they just they're always up for it. And rarely have we come away from an away game going, wow, you know, the the home team just have not turned up whatsoever. I'm trying to think of one off the top of my head now. I, I you know, even Notts County, that game we won and that was such a great away day. 
can't really say they didn't turn up. I mean, they had chances. I think that Lancaster had a header, didn't he, that was well saved by a conquer, but you can't really say they didn't turn up. But more often than not, you know, it's at the race course where teams really fall flat on their face. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the, the other, like we said, the other thing to consider in all of that is the fact that what type of team do Wrexham play? Because we're going to be playing against a team who will be keeping a lot of the ball. You know, I think that'd be the case for both these games, really. You'd expect us to have a bit more of it at home to to not just because we've got the home momentum. But MK Dons away is a type of game where we could end it with 30% possession, between sort of 30-35% possession. So what type of team do you play there? There's no point us necessarily having our best footballing players because we just won't have enough of the ball. Maybe that's another game where you do want a Luke Young, you do want a Will Boyle, someone who's tenacious, who can break play up. So I think I think these two games will just come down to Parkey's specific selection. Like I'm saying, I'm not saying yeah. change formation specifically. I'm saying that Notts County at home, no offence, we don't need Luke Young to start that one because that's just not his sort of game. But MK Don's away could be because, we, like I said, they will have a lot of the ball. So you need him to... It's very there. curious, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's a very curious point. Um, you know, I think... Look, at the minute, Andy Cannon's been one of our best players in, in recent weeks and, and he can't really be dropped. I did put a predicted, t- not a predicted team, but the team I would have picked and I didn't put Cannon in it. wasn't necessarily a slight on him. It was just, I thought, get James Jones's tenacity, get his legs in there. But you are right. You know, you know, we talk a lot about the squad game. Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, we'll need to use it. And Barney and Bolton, you've got pure pace there. Rotate that. I would rotate them every game. I'd maybe play Barney this weekend and then I'd go back to Bolton on Tuesday. Or if you play Bolton again, go to Barney on Tuesday. You don't need to burn one of them out and leave the other, you know, with scraps for 10, 15 minutes. They're at a very, very similar level. Mendy, I think he's chomping at the bit to get more minutes. I know McLean's been Mr. Steady Eddie, really. Luke Young's ready to play. James Jones ready to play. Jordan Davis ready to play. I know he was out recently with a with a flu and a, an infection. But he's fit and ready to play. And I, I said, was it last week or the week before? I still think he's got a big moment or two in him um, in a big game. And whether that's crew or Stockport at the end of the season or more recently, you know, uh, MK Dons on Notts County, still think he's got a big moment um, in him. Uh, you know, Max, maybe maybe against Milton Keynes, that's a better game for him. Maybe against uh, Notts County, it's a better game for him. But maybe Gillingham and Forest Green aren't games for Max. Maybe they're more a Will Boyle, Ben Tozer. We've got a lot of personnel, a lot of options, and I think let's trust in the coaching staff to work out who suits best because we've got a lot of good players that all deserve minutes, but they don't all have the same skill sets. Exactly. That's what maybe we've been trying to put our finger on it for weeks, and that feels like what it is. It's not necessarily rip it up and have a plan A and a plan B like that. It's use your two different sort of teams. Use your personnel for the opposition a bit more, which I think we've been guilty of of not doing in, in weeks. But yeah, we will see what happens so Nath that is all for another week of Rob Brown White Bread it will be very interesting to see what the mood's like in a week time yeah I'm going to both games I'm very excited I've got um thankfully Man United playing on the Sunday means that I, I only have to go to Luton Town which doesn't feel that long ago that we would go in there with Wrexham on the Sunday so I'll be there in the temporary stand uh, on Saturday and then you and I will be making the trip down with I'm sure some other Manchester Reds to Milton Keynes on Tuesday and it will be very interesting because like I say like we said before the Sutton game Richard before Bradford it can change quick right so you win a game and and suddenly everything feels better and then you lose and it's straight back to it's a tough month and I think Mark Crichton said it best at the minute where 
just win ugly for a bit. Just just get over the line and the confidence, like you said at the very beginning, will come with it. So two big games, give me four points minimum from those and I'll be a very happy man. I'll be very happy too. Thank you very much for joining us on Rob Ryan Red. Like we say every week, you can get in contact with us, robryanred at gmail.com. There is also the website of robryanred.com. You guessed it, very imaginative website there. Uh, thank you very much to Red 10 People Development. Also, thank you very much to Will from Red 10 People Development who took me out for lunch at the Fat Ball last weekend. I had the uh, sort of the double burger meal. It was just too filling. I passed out at like half seven at night when I got home because I was just so full of burger. Which I mean, it was a good problem to have, but you know, I love the fat boar. That was probably ill-advised to serve two burgers basically together. The slider was not a slider; it was chunkier than my actual <laughs> the actual main event. Uh, massive thank you as well to Hypnotic, the Wrexham based band, who let us use their music, the Stings, in the show. Get in t- contact with us, like we said, and we'll read some of those out next week. Take care. And we'll see you again next time. the 90th minute all your mates are around you've got your mcnugget share boxes ready to go your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget snatching all three points perfect order mc delivery now on the mcdonald's app you in at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonald's.com hi i'm daniel founder of pretty litter did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain i learned this the hard way after losing my cat gingy so i created pretty litter a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors saving you money and potentially your cat's life pretty litter is veterinary and developed and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home go to prettylitter.com and use code acast for 20 percent off your first order and a free cat toy terms and conditions apply see site for details this podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.